Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Hello there. Thank you for inviting me into your eardrums. I'm Sarah Wendell. This is episode number 528 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. Tara Scott is joining me to talk about A League of Their Own, the TV show. You might have seen a review. You might have seen people talking about it online. It's wonderful. We're going to squee about it. And do not worry. We have no spoilers. We are going to take a few detours into queer rep and current media and the decision to decide to watch something if it's really pissing off the homophobes and the turfs. But I do want to give you a heads up that at about 24 minutes in, we start discussing some of the consequences from inside the show, A League of Their Own, for being queer at that time. So if that's not something you can put in your eardrums, you might want to skip ahead about two minutes at about minute 24. Thank you to Fashionably Evil for making a surprise appearance in this episode, thanks to their comment on Tara's review. I also want to say hello and thank you to our Patreon community. Hello, you are lovely. Thank you so much for your support. I have started recording bonus episodes for the Patreon community, and we have big plans for this fall. Discord server, hangouts, swags, lots of fun stuff. So if you would like to support the show and keep the mayhem going and make sure that every episode has a transcript, hello, Garlic Knitter, please have a look at patreon.com slash smartpitches. I want to offer a special hello and welcome to Sarah J, Kelly, Julie, and Kirsten, the newest members of the Patreon community. If you would like to join us, it would be lovely to have you. This episode is brought to you by Caraway Home. It is fall and we are making all of our favorite and our fastest weeknight recipes because suddenly everyone is busy in the evenings. And now that we've been using our Caraway Home cookware for two months, I cannot tell you how much we love it. Our pots and pans were probably 25 years old and the nonstick no longer qualified as nonstick. And we both cook a lot, so our cookware gets lots of use. Upgrading to Caraway Home has been astonishing. We ordered the entire cookware set in Navy. There's a fry pan, a saute pan, a saucepan, a Dutch oven, and lids, and it comes with storage. I love this part so much. Every set comes with easy access storage solutions, so no stacking is required and you don't rub off the finish. There are little magnetic slots for each pan in the cabinet, and I love it. 
Now, I do like things that look nice, but I am also interested in food tasting good. And wow, I've noticed a difference in the speed of my cooking. The pans heat up quickly. They maintain heat evenly. The surface is ceramic, so it's very slick. I need minimal butter or oil and cleanup is incredibly simple. And over 25,000 people have raved about their Caraway kitchen. You can try it for yourself. Visit carawayhome.com slash Sarah to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash Sarah or use code Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. This episode is brought to you in part by Athletic Greens. If you are looking for an easy all-in-one supplement to start your day and you would like one that tastes good, who wouldn't, take a look at Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because it's easy. It contains everything I need and want in a supplement and it's fast. And like I said, it tastes good. First thing in the morning, one scoop, cold water, and I'm done. And my stomach never gets upset, which is a big thing for me. It's also lifestyle friendly. Athletic Greens is vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and contains less than a gram of sugar with no GMOs. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and they're a climate-neutral certified company. It's great for travel too. This is my favorite thing. Their convenient travel packs are so easy to bring along, especially if I'm changing time zones and I don't know when I'll be hungry or what food will be available. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Sarah. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Sarah to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This episode is brought to you in part by Stamps.com. Yep, still not oversaying that. Now, I don't want to alarm you, but the holidays are coming. I know, I know, it seems early. But if you're part of any crafting community, you probably have already seen the holiday sales because if you want to make gifts, you got to start working on them now, right? And if you're thinking of getting ahead of holiday organization and preparing early for holiday mailing and shipping... Stamps.com has everything you need to make your life a whole lot easier. Stamps.com is the 24-7 post office you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. With Stamps.com, I get exclusive discounts and terrific rates on shipping from the Postal Service and UPS, and I never have to take time to go to the post office and wait in line. Stamps.com lets me print official postage right from my computer and saves me money and time, and I cannot think of two things I value more. It's easy, it's fast, it's streamlined. Shipping things is never stressful. Get ahead of the holiday chaos this year. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code Sarah for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Sarah. We have a lot of show to talk about, and wow, do we love this show a lot. So if you've been curious or you've been watching, on with the podcast with my conversation with Tara Scott. Thank you, Tara, for doing this. Of course. Of course. Okay. This is my new thing that I'm very excited about. So Please, I am talking please. to anybody who will listen to me about it. Okay. So real quick, introduce yourself. Tell people who will be listening who you are and all of the queer things you do. That's a long list. Uh, I know. Okay. I'm Tara Scott. <laughs> uh, I'm Tara. I am one of the staff writers at Smart Bitches Trashy Books. Also, The Lesbian Review. I have my own podcast called Queerly Recommended, where my co-host, Chris Bryant, lesbian romance author, and I recommend all the queer books, TV shows, movies, video games, 
if we're if it's going in our eyeballs or our ears, you're going to hear about it. Fabulous. Unless it sucks. We won't talk about if it sucks. <laughs> you know what just occurred to me? And I'm going to say this on a recording so that I don't forget. I mm. should connect you with the two people who do uh, This Lesbian Shit is Intense, the podcast. I've never heard of this podcast. That sounds great. Well, I think, wait, they had to change their name because iTunes didn't like shit. I had changed my, my name, my podcast originally because iTunes is a buttonoid. <laughs> this uh-huh. lesbian it sure is. shit is intense. What is the new name of the podcast? T oh, It's T-L-S-I-I, which works. But it's a great pos- podcast basically about lesbian ships. And I feel so bad for them because they had the whole cast of First Kill on their show and different different people and the show got canceled. They're very sad well, about that. Well, they should still be pushing it because... That's what people want. Like we actually, Chris and I were just talking in a recent episode about, well, about that. And it's like, are we like, there's all this extra representation happening. You know, League of Their Own is a great example, but are queer projects getting canceled super quickly? What's happening there? Like gays are still getting buried. It happened with Killing Eve. Yeah, just a little bit. That Mm -hmm. Killing Eve, did, did Killing Eve like hire Game of Thrones writers? Is that what happened? Well, the I mean, thing maybe, that I found maybe. most interesting and most telling was that um, when Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh were doing promotion for the finale, you could tell they were very like, we hope people like it. <laughs> we're so sorry. Like the the vibe was very like almost apologetic. And yes, we know people wincing. are going to be upset. They were yes. wincing. They were smiling with all of their teeth showing like... <laughs> <laughs> And all the fear behind their eyes. Yeah. And rightly so. They should have been. And it's not their fault. They're not the writers. But yeah, but it's hard to be like, we know that this is going to go so badly and nobody else knows except us how badly it's going to go. We're really sorry. Yeah. Someday, someday there will be a whole channel of actors doing one shot wrap ups of shows that ended badly. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, I mean, that would be incredible. But in the meantime, I guess we all have fanfic. That is why we have AO3. So let's talk about good queer stuff. Yes. So is A League of Their Own absolutely your new complete obsession? You want to rewatch it? You just want to think about it? Is this like your new... Is this your jam? Your coolie? Your reduction? It is. And it is. And that's the thing that's hilarious is that I don't give a shit about baseball. (laughs) I never have. I think it's (laughs) both Well, I mean, you're in Canada. Uh, you're obligated by birth to care about hockey. That is the rule. I don't care about that either. Oh. I'm very bad at this. Somewhere, somewhere, I, Mountie and their horse are very mad. But you don't yeah. give a shit about baseball. And you are all about this show. I I'm all about the show. So I finished it. I watched a documentary immediately that I felt like was adjacent to it. Right. Um, I've already started watching it again and to prep for this conversation, I watched the, I had an edible and watched the finale again last night and cried again at all the same spots. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is really funny because I cried at the end of this, but I also mm-hmm. will cry instantly at the end of the movie, A League of Their Own. When, oh, when yes. Gina Davis is aged and she comes across the picture of Tom Hanks's character who has since died and there's that super schmoopy Madonna song. That's it. I'm crying. That's all. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm done now. And it's the same, same thing. Like, well, how many decades doing- later and you're pressing on that same button. Nice job, show. 
So let's do like sort of an overview. I did some quick research. This show has more than 6,500 reviews on Amazon with a four and a half star average, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. And when your review posted today on the site, Fashionably Evil was like, I was hoping for a thread about League of Their Own. Oh my God, I have a show hangover. And I was like, that's really funny because so do Tara and I. Oh my goodness. Well, and the thing that was really unfortunate and what actually got me to watch it in the first place, because like I say in the intro of my review, I wasn't going to watch it. Like the movie was so perfect. How could a TV show also be perfect? And I mean, it was it was a couple of factors. Um, the one that I did get into was just everybody was talking about it on my Twitter. Every queer woman on my Twitter was freaking out and I started to get FOMO. But the other thing was that it actually got review bombed by homophobes. Oh, yeah, that's always a good indication. Like, wait a minute, maybe I need to go check this out if you hate it that much. Exactly. They hated it so much. They called it, you know, woke and talking about all the gay representation. They hated the black representation. I was like, ha, fuck you. I'm going to watch this now. This is like the reverse of all of those reviews that say this book had too much sex. Oh, really? That's right. off the homophobes uh, and the (laughs) turfs. Oh, well, sign me right up. Yes. Oh, it was the best. When did you finish? A couple of days ago, cried, cried my eyes out, absolutely uh-huh. sobbed. It was terrible. How can you not? It's such a good ride. And I feel like it does everything right except the lighting, which I'm sorry, <laughs> but I am on I am on Roxanne Gay's bandwagon about everything is filmed too damn dark right now. Yes. Everything. <laughs> it's like so there were certain true. scenes. There were certain scenes I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? There's the the one spoiler, which I mean, I also gave in my review because people need to know the end of episode six, there's a raid of a gay bar. Yes. But then there's this like, right after that is kind of a crucial moment as a couple of them have ducked into a movie theater and I'm squinting and I'm like, what's what's happening in this theater right now? I don't, I had to like back it up and change the settings yeah, so I could actually see what was happening. That's Truly, my only complaint <laughs> is the lighting. But every, I mean, everything worked for me. And then I went way, way, way down the rabbit hole of like all the interviews. What were the panels? What were the um, Instagram live conversations? <laughs> like, what did everyone say about this show? Yes. And the thing I found the most fascinating, because you mentioned all of the people on your Twitter feed just absolutely freaking the fuck out. I saw something mm-hmm. similar with Our Flag Means Death, where oh, yes. the longer it went on, the more queer media people were like, yeah. okay, I'm cautiously optimistic that this might be, okay. wait, okay, I'm even more optimistic. Okay, hang mm-hmm. on, this is so fucking queer. And if it ends on a high note, everybody, and, and yeah. really it was until the show ended, that's when people were like, you are now safe to enter the water. Go and enjoy yes. this wonderful, happy, queer, weird content. It's amazing. You, It was almost yes. like a lot of people vetted that show before they were like, you uh, have to. No, this is great. Go ahead. And the same thing with A League of Their Own. The minute people were like, nope, nope, nope. It's good, good, good. Like, oh, really? Ooh. Because the trick is, like you said, it's historical. Uh, History Mm -hmm. has not exactly been kind to the queers and the lesbians. This is right in the middle of when it was illegal to be gay. That's right. I think my favorite thing about this show is the fact that In the movie, A League of Their Own, there is a scene where a black woman outside the field 
throws a ball at Gina Davis mm-hmm. and Gina mm-hmm. Davis is like way over yonder and catches it and is like, holy shit, that woman has an arm. And it's, what yeah, would you say, yes. 25 seconds of footage? It is not a long scene. Yeah. This show not makes much. a whole plot out of that one person's moment and it's so good. That's my favorite part. Like I, I appreciate Carson. I love the characters around Carson even more. Yeah. Yes. Well, oh my God, I want to go in five different directions since you said that. And I just got all these like little goosebumps like, ah, you're ready. Go talk about it. Um, so, I mean, the thing that I love about Carson mostly is the, I went back and re- read my review again this morning just to kind of prep because I couldn't watch all the other episodes in between. So it's like, <laughs> what do I really, what is the platonic ideal of my thoughts about this thing? Because I jammed all of it into that review. And it's like, it's a great review, I, by the way. It is fabulous. Oh, like you and I were going to review it together. And I was like, girl, you do not even need this. This is awesome. <laughs> we're going to run this. Thank you. Um, so the thing that I love about Carson is that it shows someone who doesn't know how to make choices for her life and then starts making choices again and again and again. And every choice centers herself in a way that, again, if we're talking about the 1940s, like not only was it illegal to be gay, but also women couldn't do anything. They couldn't open their own bank accounts. Nope. They couldn't, you know... They could vote. That's kind of about all that they had. So to see this woman at that time who's like, no, I choose me. I want baseball. I want Greta Gill. And which like, girl, who doesn't want Greta Gill? I get I it. Mean, it's fine. You have great taste, Carson. I get it. Very great taste. But also, I do agree with you. Like, I found, as a queer person, I found it really heartening that they said, okay, we're not just going to make this movie again. We're going to go back to that original well of the All-American Girls Baseball League. There are untold stories there. Guess what? There were a bunch of lesbians in the league. We couldn't show it. They wouldn't have been able to talk about it at the time. And even so when I referenced a documentary earlier, if anybody wants to see it, I'm going to talk very slowly because I can't remember the name of it. And I'm looking it up so cleverly. (laughs) It's called A Secret Love. It's on Netflix and it talks about, it's about Terry Donahue and her partner, Pat Henschel. Terry Donahue was in the All-American Girls League. It's believed that uh, she probably inspired one or multiple characters in a league of their own. They only came out to their family when they were in their 90s. Isn't that amazing? Or like late 80s. That's right. And even if you look at, like during the promo for this show, um, Maybell Blair, she was a player who consulted on the show. She finally came out at 95, which is like incredible. Mind-blowing. Incredible. And I know there were some people who were kind of upset about the bar raid, um, that it was included. And for me, I felt like it was really important to show at least one of like, what are the actual consequences? Yeah. That happened. Yeah, it was hard to see that, you know, Joe was beaten up and that the police clearly took her in and again like i don't mind spoiling all that because i think for queer listeners it's uh, important to understand like how bad that gets like i got somebody to spoil it entirely for me i was like i need to know is there sexual assault are any gays buried like what is happening there and they gave me the warning fashionably (laughs) evil said in their comment that they watched with their 10 year old who watches Marvel and watches violence. And they found the bar raid deeply upsetting because these people were being attacked for being gay. And that was so incredibly upsetting for this this child. And I get it. 
And one of the things that I love about the efficiency of this show is mm-hmm. I love efficient visual storytelling. Like it's just, yes. like, I get it. I love it. It's so great. And yes. there's two moments. And one of them is the bar raid because you have yeah. this creation of this community that is very, very special and new. And they all are aware how weird it is and how unique it is. Mm-hmm. That there's a baseball league for women. And I mean, they're, that was a mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah. And you have the, so there's three specific efficiency moments that I want to mention. One, mm-hmm. the bar raid underscores how incredibly powerful and unique the safe space of the baseball league was for these women, but yeah. also the menace under which they were operating. They were in yes. danger for being publicly queer if they chose to do yes. so. And in the baseball league, they were on the field, they were isolated, they were protected, they were with their teams, they were on the bus, they were traveling mm-hmm. together, they had their own family. They were still in danger. Yes. The other efficiencies that I love are one in the opening scene. The the, the show opens with a shot of Carson's legs as she's running yes. to catch a train. And the first thing yeah. you see are seamed stockings. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Logically, oh, okay. I understand exactly what era we're talking about. She's running for a yes. train in a rural place wearing seamed stockings. I don't even see her costume. Like, I know exactly. That was... I mm-hmm. love that so much. I love visual yes. storytelling like that. And the other thing, it's your turn to bring the pie. <laughs> she's trying to get on a train and this woman uh-huh. is standing with her husband. Like, first of all, she's running for the train and her shirts, her, her blouse has come open. So her bra is just yes. hanging out. She doesn't know. Oh, yes. Who amongst us has not had a bra out without realizing well, it? Right. I mean, it happens. Truly. So this woman is standing with her husband and she's like, well, I'm going to see you at choir practice. It's your turn to bring the pie. And and Carson's like, absolutely, yes, I will be there. She's, spoiler alert, getting on a train. <laughs> I know, I love that so much. I was like, watching that again last week. I was bring like, your pie. Fuck your pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what that does is it underscores that during the war, she's been on her own. She hasn't mm-hmm. had her husband around. She has been in charge of herself within the socially safe arena of being somebody's wife. So she's not a woman running around on her own. Yes. But she's choosing to not go back to having her husband in her home because she's just found out. This is not a spoiler. This is all the first episode. Oh, yeah. Her husband's coming home. And so she's at this very pivotal moment of, do I just sort of wait and have him integrate back in my life and take this role that I don't necessarily want? Or do I go do what I want and run for this train and basically be like, you can deal with your own pie worries, lady. I'm out of here. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It was incredible. I love that. Like I, I loved that her catalyst was the thing that 
is actually one of the things that was supposed to be bringing the most joy at the time in a lot of families. Obviously not every family. Families are complicated, but like so many families would have been thrilled. So many wives would have been thrilled to get that letter. And for her, she's like, I'm fucking off to, uh, I got to go do some baseball. I have some tryouts. I feel like this is important. Um, And then it's like, yeah, she discovers that she is good enough at baseball, but she also discovers herself, who she is, what she needs, um, what it's like to be in a true community. Because even the short interaction she has with her sister, it's like, she doesn't really have community where she's at. I don't get the sense that anyone really gets her. Like, I think her husband gets her to a certain extent, but no one really gets her. She's on her own until she is here. And so that's the, like, yeah, it's so, and yeah, she is queer too, but again, it's that whole, the found family thing is so strong in this. Yeah. And I love that so much. Like the way you see all the queer characters kind of gravitate towards each other over the course of the series. Yes. Gaydar is not necessarily an external thing. Often it's a tractor beam. Yeah. And it's also the idea that instead of having to play act this role of happy rural farm wife, she's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to play that role anymore. I don't want to pretend to be that. I want to be who I actually am. And when it's that far away from the role that you're expected to play, like the person who's yelling at her about bringing pie to choir practice doesn't ask her once, where are you going? And why do you have a baseball bat? Like it never occurs to her to ask, what are you doing? It's you better fulfill your roles that you're supposed to be in. And if you don't, you know, you're in trouble. Like, okay. Doesn't even care enough to say your bra is showing. Yeah. And she's like, God, did you see her bra was out? Like I have stopped total strangers at RWA. Like there was a woman who's carrying a bunch of boxes and her dress had shifted. (laughs) And I just walked in front of her like, hi, just give me a second. Okay, proceed. It's just like, oh my God, thank you. Like, you don't know yeah. if your tits are out sometimes. It happens. No. But this bitch. Oh, she's like, doesn't did, say anything. Did you see her bra? And her husband's like, um, Hateful. uh, uh, no. <laughs> doesn't know the right answer. So, uh, moving yeah, on from Carson. Well trained. Who is, okay, yes. So, who is your absolute favorite character or characters in this one? Can you pick? Nope, you can't pick. I, oh my God. You, y'all, the rude. eye roll. Yes, I can, but roll, also rude. The eye roll that Tara just gave me. That was a neck roll, even. Yeah, that uh, was a whole yeah, head. That, that was, was a, an expression rude. of great derision that I dare ask that Tara narrow down. Okay, <laughs> if I absolutely have to narrow it down, it's Clance, actually. So that's <sighs> Max's best friend. And I just love Clance. She's a gigantic nerd. She not only reads comics, but creates her own comics when her husband goes off to war. They are the sweetest couple ever. She is funny. She is smart. She does much like Max, actually. Um, She does kind of what it takes to you know, achieve whatever means she needs, but in a, but with integrity and with kindness and yeah, she's fabulous. I really, um, I love her. And even like when, when Max says, look, my uncle Birdie is not weird. Cause that's like, people are going to find out there's this character who's a trans man who is Max's uncle. Um, and everybody still thinks of, Birdie as 
Max's aunt. And that's not the case. Clance doesn't really, she doesn't say anything. There is no bad reaction when Max says, I'm going to be spending more time with Birdie. And you just kind of need to deal with it. This is a time when, you know, people who were considered sexual deviants or inverts, I think invert was the term that they used, I guess, to trace it sort of like to trace this moment back to the bar scene, because the bar, the bar raid is the potential consequence for every queer person in this show. Yes. It's kind of the one thing they're showing. There's like little bits of casual homophobia here and there, like inverts being talked about and whatever. But there were a few potential really terrible consequences that could happen. And one of them is, yeah, you can be arrested. And if you are arrested, your name will be published in the paper. Yep. That was a thing. People lost families. They lost lost jobs, their lives, whatever. But a lot of women, I know this more about women. I don't know if it's the case for men. It's possible it was happening to men too, but I I didn't do any research on that. But like for sure, women ended up in asylums yeah, and getting lobotomized or having electroshock therapy. We have to and zap the queer out of you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It was terrible. And so to see for me... See, I did two characters. Sorry, ha, you can't constrain me to one. I but figured me, that would be the case. <laughs> getting to see Birdie not only living his truth, but thriving. He had a beautiful life. He had community. They have that party. Like, I love their house party. There's nothing but Black queer people. So good. The, the, entire, so good. the entire show has so many moments where a character or characters realize, oh, hold up, I'm safe here. Yes. I have found a safe place here. Among these people, I am safe. In this location, I'm mm-hmm. safe. In this baseball league, I am safe. I am surrounded mm-hmm. by people who keep me safe. Yes. So you also did research on baseball and you don't like well, baseball. A little no, I didn't do research on all of baseball. Most of the history I know from watching the original film, like yeah. that, to me, like that's kind of the historical text. And I will say, Madonna's best role, by the way, Madonna's best theater role is like of their own. That's probably true. Although I haven't seen any film with Madonna in it for a very long time. I was going to try to watch this film again, and then you know, life happened. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. I mean. My favorite Who's scene that, in the that movie? girl couldn't have been very good. Yeah. My favorite thing about the movie, by the way, is the idea that she, so she, Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell were really good friends at that time and they did all their yeah, press yeah. together and they low key yeah, yeah. play their relationship in the movie as if they are together. Yes. But then Madonna is teaching one of the girls who is illiterate how to read by having her read a very sexy romance yes. novel. <laughs> like that scene was made for me. <laughs> yes. So tell me what you learned. <laughs> So I think I wouldn't even say it was the show that inspired me to dig into it as much as the press. So again, reading that about Maybelle Blair. Yeah. And then the other thing that stood out to me was I grabbed, um, I did grab a quote. So Shantae Adams plays Max and she had a photo of her, Abby Jacobson, who plays Carson, Carson. Um, Maybelle Blair and another woman, Billy Harris. And so I was like, well, this is kind of cool. And I'm reading the caption. And she said, I've been on this project for three years. But last week, meeting Billy was the first time I met a black ball player from the generation. After watching the first two episodes, she grabbed my hands and said, Max went through what I went through. I'm so happy folks get to see now. (gasps) And then finding out. So that that was the thing that I didn't know and that I was so surprised about. Like, I felt like I knew a little bit about the All-American Girls League. So I was mostly looking into like, oh, okay, it was it was the Wrigley's son 
who founded it. That yep. was kind of cool. I didn't know a lot about Wrigley's. Again, I don't follow baseball. So <laughs> I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah, they were the founders of the Cubs. They were the all that. Um, and then reading about, you know, there are five um, players from the All-American Girls League that we know for sure were lesbians. One of them was Terry Donahue, like I said, and you can go and watch her story. Um, and her story, it's really interesting because it's kind of biographical and talks about how Terry and Pat grow up and how they end up meeting each other later. And it gets into the baseball, but also like, you see these uh you see them go for dinner with these two gay men who are clearly some of their family like their other family and there's definitely some sad stuff because we're talking about like nonagenarians somebody's dying soon yeah you just know like it's in for a sad time and it's like them moving kind of from their home to their um to an assisted living and that sort of stuff but really kind of shows how they lived in a way to keep it a secret for a long time. So you can imagine that's not that far off from a lot of what these women would have done in a league of their own. But where I got really interested was there were three women who played in the Negro leagues because they could not, they were not even allowed to try out for the all American girls league. They were turned away you know, Mamie Johnson and her friend went to one of the tryouts and they were sent away, which is a lot like what happened to Max. And so she ended up signing with the Indianapolis Clowns. She joined them in 1955. <laughs> I know, right? I, I don't know how baseball team names got made, but... I mean, it was the 40s. That name could have been a lot worse. There are a lot of terrible team names running around. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, um, so sh And she was on the same team as... Connie Morgan. And so they were the second and third women to play professionally in the Negro Leagues. And the first woman was Tony Stone. She played for them in 1953 and for another team in 1954. And so for me, the thing that was so brilliant was under like, I, it was almost like when I read that quote, I was like, oh shit. And then I went back and thought about it more. And it's like, we really do see Max carve a path. It's like, okay, I want to play baseball. And it's like, okay. Well, the women's team won't let me. Maybe I'll try for my local men's team, which isn't even, it's not even like a major leagues team. No, it's, it's just like local my beer league, yeah. basically. Well, first she gets ignored and then she's told, we can't even consider you unless you have a job. So she gets a job at a screw factory, which has been repurposed to build stuff for the war. Yeah, it's been, it's and been then uh, it's like, commissioned for munitions, I think. And then she's like, how about now? And is still not treated very well uh -huh. and gets pulled in almost as a stunt. Yeah. As a favor from yeah. this woman that she had banged the night before. Yeah. Who is a pitcher yeah. for this black league and gets to prove herself and gets invited to the team. And it's so like there were women that actually did that. Yeah. They got brought into like black men's teams yep. because they were that good. Yep. And I just found that incredible. So yeah, like you, like seeing that 30 second clip from the original film spun out into its own other storyline showing there were incredible black female baseball players at the time yep. that maybe they didn't get to play in this league but they are important figures in our sports history and we can't forget them either. Absolutely. And there is so much um, American and Canadian history in this series. Yes. 
like fashionably evil. I, I'm going to have to give fashionably evil like a credit on this episode. Thank you for your comment. <laughs> but um, fashionably evil mentioned that Kelly McCormick, who plays Jess, insisted Fucking that her, her character be from Moose Jaw because of the town's queer history. Apparently, Moose Jaw hosted a lesbian parade in the 1940s and had oh, a thriving really? and diverse sex worker community. So first of all, I know that when you think about vacation, what you think about is Saskatchewan. Oh, every time. Absolutely. The I think about th- it and then I know and then I don't do it. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but it kind of sounds like going to Moose Jaw. This, mm-hmm. this sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, and I think I'm trying to remember where Terry Donahue is from. I think it's from somewhere around there. The problem is when you look it up, it brings up an American football coach first. Well, I mean, you have to find the baseball one. Right. Mm hmm. (sighs) Yes. Because she was Canadian. Yep. And a lot of very casually, thoroughly Canadian people in the show. And I just. I just love that because it shows I know. people were people were willing to undergo a lot of discomfort, hardship, travel and expense to try to play baseball professionally. It was their only chance. Yeah, it's really and I did. I did love Jess. I love that's one of the things that I really liked about this is that, too, is um, like kind of that range of how queer women presented. And you see Jess and Lupe and Joe are all, you know, they're all butch women. They're all, you know, they prefer the pants and the whatever. And, you know, there was a reason why they had charm school for these women. Because that was also the time. Like, that was why they were finding them for wearing pants. Like, a thing that happened with the bar raids at the time was... It gets referred to as the... What's it called? It's like the three article of clothing rule. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Which was not even... You can't be wearing pants. Mm -hmm. It's not even a real law. So, like, if a woman was caught... Um, and it was kind of like a spin off of um, masquerade laws from the, I think, like the late 19th century. And it was just like, hey, you're wearing pants and a shirt. Guess what? You're going to jail and we're going to publish your name in a newspaper. Yeah. And, you know, for some of these women, it was still important. Like, Jess wears pants the whole series. Yeah. She wears a skirt at the beginning when she has to for charm school so that she can pass. Yeah. But after that... No, she's, you know, in her tank tops and pants with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. Yep. <laughs> and just this like totally cool butch present, which I know now we would say mask, but that's not what they would have sent them. Yep. And it and it and it's it's fascinating because you can look at that at that quote unquote law as, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's a relic of the past, but it absolutely is not. No. It is absolutely not a relic of the past. And it, I love a show that can have a viewer potentially look at this and say, wow, that's really fucked up. Hold up. That's still happening. Well, and I think that's why it was actually so important that they at least indicated how dire the consequences could be at that time for being discovered as a queer person. Yes. Um, because you know, unfortunately, there are some people in this world and most vocally in your country that are trying to push for a return to this time. Yeah. We could go back to very this. limited role for everybody. And it was it's under the domain of cishet white guys. Christian. That's right. Christians. It has can't forget that part. Christians. Says no, white guys. Th- no, you can't. Because those are the ones like they're pushing for it again. There, There is like 
a purposeful movement to try to make us go back to that. And we need to see stories like this and say, we are absolutely not going back to that. Yeah. We can't. Nope. Being parents. Yeah. What do you think of Max's parents? Oh. Oh. It's so complicated, right? So complicated. So complicated. And yet... It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, gosh, I know that this is all out of love. This is not, I don't accept you. This is not, I must control you. I'm reading a book about um, uh, raising a child with ADHD. And one of the Mm. commentaries in the book is, you need to be a shepherd, not an engineer. You may not engineer your children. That is not a thing that happens. You can't engineer your child. You can shepherd your child. You can help keep them Mm -hmm. safe and help guide them into adulthood. That's your job. You're not, your job is not to engineer and control their kid. And they're not trying to engineer her, but they're also like, this is the reality in which you live and we want you to have the best possible future. And we really think our way is the way to do that. Yes. So why don't you give a quick summary of Max's situation? Because I just jumped in with an answer, but didn't summarize. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Max's situation is that, so her, this is also one of the things that I really love is um, her parents are successful business owners, yeah, which is fabulous. Again, just like the showing the choice to show successful black business people in the 1940s who are allowed to thrive is incredible. Oh yeah. Um, But her mom wants her to take over more and more responsibilities at the beauty salon that she owns so that eventually it will become Max's salon. Yeah. And Max just wants baseball. And so she goes and gets a job at the screw factory when she already has a job at the salon. And there's just this kind of struggle and tension between Max wanting to pursue her dreams and Max's mom thinking like, okay, but this isn't safe for you. This is not a safe situation. I have built this thing that will keep you safe. I just want you to be safe. Yeah. I want you to be okay. Exactly. Everything that Max's parents are trying to to accomplish is coming from a place of love and care and awareness and and accurate, Mm -hmm. accurate analysis of what the world is for her and for them and for their community. Like they are not wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to. It's, it's, it's the, it's, it's a very, it's a very thoughtful and more nuanced, um, version of, well, my kid wants to be a rock star. Yes. And okay. The chances of that actually happening are really, really low. But what if you are that one that is going to succeed? What if you are the one who's going to be a baseball pitcher? What if that actually happens? But like... My kid wants to be a rock star with new, with like with layers on top of that. Yes. You know, they are from multiple marginalized groups. Yes, exactly. In a time when it's not safe to be in any of those marginalized groups, they have multiple on top yes. of each other. Okay, how do I keep this child safe in this world? Make sure she can feed herself. Yeah. Make sure she's as protected as can. I mean, the store is kind of only protected as as much as it can be. Yeah. But like, there's still kind of this, it's as close to a nest that her mom can keep her in. Yep. Yep. And in, and I understand that instinct completely. I absolutely get it. Mm-hmm. Like, my older child absolutely wants to be a musician. And I will be the first yeah. to tell you they are very, very talented. But I regularly remind them, you know, 
it's totally okay to have like a job between nine and five and then spend all your time and energy doing the thing that you love, especially if you have a job that doesn't completely deplete you inside. Yes. You might need to have a job. Like I, my dream growing up was uh, book editing and guess what? That doesn't pay a lot of money. You don't uh, say. <laughs> it doesn't pay a lot. So I have one author I do it for. I do the reviewing and the recommending to stay connected to books. And I work a job. It's yep. I love my job, but like, yeah, my adulthood, my looks job like, pays for everything else. Exactly. Adulthood looks like a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So if anyone hasn't watched this, mm-hmm. if anyone is like, oh, I haven't watched this yet. I was thinking about it. Why should someone watch A League of Their Own? How will they feel when they finish it aside from needing a little box of tissues? It'll make you cry. It's very, it's very poignant and beautiful. And yeah, it's just all the, all the happy cry feels. I think that's it. If you want to see something, it like for me, it just, it felt safe and pure to watch. And yes, you see a little bit of the ugliness in the world at the time enough to remember, oh yeah, that happened. We don't want to go back there. Yeah. But mostly just have like joy and support. And yes, there are complicated things. But the thing for me, more than anything, is just this show has so much heart. And I will always show up for a project that has that. To me, it's the anti-Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones did not have heart. There's joy and love and heart. You can tell that everyone who made it loves it isn't that and great? that it's a passion project yes and i feel like when those happen when they get it right yeah it just makes everything better yeah it's like watching letter kenny you can tell you guys are having a real good time making this aren't you you guys are having yes. a really good time <laughs> yes or schitt's creek or, or the Shorzy. good place yeah, absolutely what can canada what's going on up there are y'all just wandering around just being happy all the time oh no someone told you the secret got out. God damn it. It's in the Nanaimo bars, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thought so. Oh, fuck. Now I want a Nanaimo bar. Very <laughs> problematic. I haven't had one in a while. <laughs> Tara, where can people find you if they want to talk to you about all of the things, a league of their own? Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Tara M.D. Scott. You can... You know, message me through the queerly recommended website. I'm sorry, please do not add me on Facebook or Instagram because those are family accounts. And I stupidly set up all my socials with the same <laughs> handle. Yes, I understand this problem. Out mm-hmm. here on the internet with my own name. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you so much mm-hmm. for coming to Squee about this show with me. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my gosh. It's such a good show. Go watch it. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Are you watching A League of Their Own? Have you already watched it? Do you want to talk about it? We want to talk about it with you. I will link in the show notes to Tara's review and you can always tweet at us and you can email me at SBJ. I should get this right. SBJpodcast at gmail.com. I love hearing from you and I would love to hear what you've been thinking about this show. It is just so good. It is such a warm hug. As always... I end with a terrible joke, and this week is no exception. Are you ready? Why should you always meet a first date at the gym? Give up? Why should you always meet a first date at the gym? Because then you know you're going to work out. (laughs) You know you're going to work out. You're going to work out. (laughs) 
is so silly. This is, and, and yet I'm still laughing. This is from uh, Monarch on Reddit. I don't know which one, but thank you, Monarch on Reddit. <laughs> Workout. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you a fabulous weekend with the very best of reading, and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.